When I was a little girl, I believed in fairy tales. I wished my toys would come to life and that my stories could be real. Then through all the noise and confusion, I believed it was all an illusion. The world had faded black and white, nothing seemed to be right. But now I know that how it goes is that my dreams never die. As long as I keep the magic inside me alive, do you believe in magic? Previously in episode 6, Mary watches as Joe travels. Seamus captures one of the dark elves. Iki is confronted with the task of teaching the Scottish creatures how to travel. Joe had settled herself back into the routine of the gulp of waters and the slurp of downs. Life had certainly changed and the bush seemed unusually sad looking. Joe thought Aunt Pepper was still very trendy for her age. Her attitude to life was still vibrant. Hope I'm as energetic when I reach her age. It was now morning and Joe was tucked up in her aunt's spare room. She could smell the aroma of bacon and eggs and thought to herself how good it was to be home. Don't ever remember it being so cold. We usually have quite warm weather. I wonder what season we're in. And maybe it's winter? She dressed herself into the Scottish clothes. Aunt Pepper knocked on the door. She had a handful of borrowed clothes for her niece. What are you doing with those dirty clothes on? They need a good wash. You don't want to smell, do you? Here, look what I've managed to acquire from all the village creatures. Jolly good of them to think of you and arrange a collection. Joe looked at the array of strange clothes. There were odd socks, short tops and baggy torn jeans, not to mention oversized boots. Not exactly what Joe had in mind. How embarrassing. She looked at the pile of clothes that had been thrown on her bed. How on earth do they expect me to go around looking like a rag bag? Rag bag indeed, girl. Don't you appreciate that everybody collected them with love just for you? I'm in trouble already and I haven't even had breakfast. You're not in trouble, dear. Just get dressed and come into the kitchen for a delicious breakfast. As Jo sat down, she asked what had happened to her mother. Aunt Pepper's face changed. She was disturbed by the question. Throat cancer, my dear. I tried to tell her not to smoke, but she wouldn't give it up. Filthy habit, if you ask me. Full of toxic chemicals that turn your insides green and full of pus. Mum never smoked. Why did she start? It was after you disappeared. She used it as a crutch because of her emotional state. Said it calmed her nerves. She would sit on the front veranda waiting for you to come home. That's why we need to work out a way to get you back in time and reverse what's happened over the last 20-odd years. I believe that if we do... 
Your mother will be sitting with me today, drinking green tea. Do you mean it's all my fault that my mother died? All I wanted to do was get Iki to travel me here so I could warn you that Melissa had seen one of the green bottles and your apron. I was worried that she might be able to talk me into the truth. If that happened, I don't know what else she would do. Your secret probably would be exposed. She loves to blab to everyone. Do you really think that people would sit up and take notice of Melissa? She is a lovely girl, but her constant chatter turns people off. By the way, Joe, it wasn't your fault your mother died, so get that out of your head once and for all. She was emotionally drained long before you disappeared. She just managed to conceal it from you and Geoffrey. Her life was lonely and hard after your father died. Sometimes life and responsibilities that go along with it are unfair. We must battle on and not give up. I am sad that I wasn't here for her when she died. Maybe if we can fix the time, we'll have a second chance to help Mum. Do you think we can have my warm Scottish clothes washed and dry soon? So I can wear them when we travel back. I look ridiculous in this outfit. Aunt Pepper looked Joe up and down and laughed. She did look quite ridiculous. Maybe Joe did resemble a ragbag lady with one large green sock, one short yellow sock. Then there were the horrid faded jeans that had more holes than Swiss cheese and a fluffy pink top that was so short it hardly covered her belly button. I guess the wind could turn your tummy blue. It's all under control, dear. Mind you, I still have to work out how to get you back in time safely. The best thing I think is to find the bunyip in the bush. Gerald is very good with time and he has been around for hundreds of years. I thought bunyips were only folklore. They don't really exist, do they? What did I tell you? Of course they do. Otherwise, how can I ask for their help? Would you have ever believed that there were gulper waters and slurpit downs? And we all know that they exist. He has cleverly used folklore to keep safe all these hundreds of years. How long do they live? I mean, you just said hundreds of years. They say that bunyips can live for thousands of years and that when they die, it's only temporary as they are reborn to start a new cycle very soon after. They have great wisdom and they live and travel through time. He can also see all the destruction in the world and, of course, the earth changes. If he's so smart, why hasn't he come out from hiding? He should teach the people of the world how to care for the planet. Surely they would gain from his wisdom, as he's so old and has experienced so much. People are afraid of something that's different. They'd probably want to catch and cage him instead of accepting the bunyip for what he is. Have you noticed that the weather has changed? It's dry and very cold. Yes, Aunt Pepper, I did notice. Is it winter? No, my dear, it's summer. And we haven't really had a warm season in many years. The earth changes have been dramatic, with small amounts of rainfall, if any at all. We're on restrictions on how much water we can use. The cork up Creek is nearly dry. We can hardly hear its trickling over the rocks. Most of the fish we rely on for food have disappeared and the turtles are starting to pack up their houses and walk. Somewhere there must be an abundance of water. We need to find it soon. We decided at the last meeting to move if things don't improve. We're going to find a spring one day. I feel it in my bones. We have divined for water, unfortunately, have had no luck so far. Maybe the bunyip can help find water as well as teaching us to travel back in time. 
I never even thought about calling on the bunyip. Looks like I really am an old fool. Years ago I would have thought of it straight away. Now I forget all the possibilities we can look at. Finding the bunyip isn't easy. He has such a funny temperament. One day he is jolly and everybody's friend, and the next he's secretive and hides away. I just hope we find him on one of his good days. I've known people who've had to wait weeks before he would come out and talk to them. I guess he observes to see what kind of person they are before approaching them. Do you mean we have to wait weeks? I have to get back to Scotland to find Eki. I haven't got weeks to wait. This is very disturbing. The group packed up and set off through the tall vegetation and stately gums. They had been walking for hours calling out to the bunyip. Hot, tired, fed up and grouchy, Joe sat down. The Corecupper Ripple Creek always seemed to be near. Joe was worried that they were walking in circles. I need to put my feet into the cool water of the creek. The water always had a soothing effect when I was tired. Joe took off her oversized boots. The flip-flopping as she walked didn't help her feet or attitude. She managed to dangle her feet into the cool water and memories of her splashing in the creek flooded back. She could remember all the fun she had when the gulper waters and the slurper downs first came into her life. Boy, had things changed. Her old friends were now parents and the creek was so low that it strained to skim over the pebbles at the bottom of the creek. It's not the same. Her mother would say that things change and that there is no point trying to go back because it's never the same. Except that, ironically, she had to go back. Back to where it all started. Time had been messed up and with that were consequences. It felt different and sadness echoed throughout the bush. The vegetation looked tired and unwell. The earth was crying out for help. They continued their journey. Aunt Pepper was struggling. Her determination to go on pushed her along. Bunyip, where are you? It's Peppy. Please come out. We need your help. Yes, do come out. We've lost Eki in a time warp in Scotland. Please help us get her back home. Don't worry, Joe. Tomorrow is another day. And we hopefully will find the bunyip. You never know. He may find us first. That would be good. Then I wouldn't have to walk around in these hobblers. They are driving me crazy and my feet are killing me. Well, at least you have something on your feet. The creatures have had to endure sharp rocks and prickly grass. It was quiet. The only sound, the chirping of the crickets and the songs of frogs in the creek. The mosquitoes were in fine form buzzing around Joe's tent. That's the one thing I didn't miss when I was away. These damn mozzies drive me insane. Nobody was listening. All had fallen into a deep sleep. Hopefully tomorrow would bring some results. Meanwhile, not too far away, two familiar voices drifted through the bush. Don't you think we've gone too far? Dad said they weren't going far. Your dad doesn't know how far they were going because he isn't as smart as my dad. Don't start that up. You know that if our dads found out we're sneaking after them, both of us will be in huge trouble. Yes, but I want to see the bunyip everyone talks about. So it'd be a good idea if you shut up and keep looking. There was a large blasting sound, and the gulper waters looked at the slurper downs in shock. Did you fart at me? That's disgusting. 
don't use that language, and I didn't fart at you. It came out of the bush. Well, you just used the fart word, so don't tell me what I can and cannot say. You're the same age as me, and not my mother. Yes, that may be so, but I have a more mature brain than you do, and that does lurp it down's fact. The gulp of waters rolled his eyes. He couldn't argue with that. They dropped to the ground and immediately proceeded to shuffle on hands and feet, peeking through the bushes. Sitting on a huge log, burping and farting, was the bunyip. To describe his appearance would be quite difficult. As everybody has their own opinion, let's say he was extremely unusual looking. He was stuffing his face with fish and chips. Yuck! It's got fish and chips. How lucky. I wonder if he would share them with us. Don't be stupid. I'm not going to let him see us. What if he decided to eat us for dessert? Well, I'm going to take the risk. I'll make friends with him. I'll be Dad's hero. Your dad will have to admit that my dad and I are brilliant. What are you going to use as an icebreaker? You can't just walk up to him with nothing to say. I will tell him a joke. That's what I'll do. Firstly, I will tell him my name and be very Gulpawanas polite. I shall say, I am Norris Gulpawanas, and this is my friend Thrip Slurpitdown. Would you like to hear a joke? What do you think? Is that all you can think of, Norris Gulpawanas? I guess it will have to do. I suppose everybody loves to hear jokes. What are you going to tell? I mean, is it a good joke? Of course it's a good joke. My dad told me, you skinny duffer, what kind of sword is wet, slippery, and hard to hold? I have no idea. That's a hard one. You give up too easily. Think about it for a while. There was a rustling through the bush and a loud, Swordfish! Came bellowing out. The two creatures shook in fright as the bunyip answered the joke laughing and spraying fish and chips from his huge mouth. He was chuckling so much that the ground shook and the trees swayed. How come you knew the answer so quickly? I invented that joke. (laughs) Don't tell me he's like your dad and thinks he knows everything. Fee-fo-fum. I smell the scent of two very naughty gulp of waters and slap it downs. We're not naughty. No, I suppose your parents let you wander through the bush at night. Did you know there are things that can eat you out here? Eat us? What What would would eat eat us? Anyhow, we we are are brave. Wild dingoes, snakes, not to mention enormous kangaroos. Australian Australian kangaroos kangaroos don't don't eat gulp or water than slurp it downs. You're just trying to scare us. Well, maybe they don't. But what about large bunyips? We might be tempted. Don't eat us, bunyip. We're too tough. I'd rather have fish and chips wrapped up in newspaper. Come and get it. You both look starving. Norris and Thrip relaxed. Their experience of meeting the huge bunyip had been extremely tough and it was a relief to discover that he was a really good bloke. Fish and chips filled the naughty youngsters' tummies and for an extra treat, 
he had a jar of pickled onions. They sat around the fire and chatted for what seemed hours, and as the light started arriving in the bush, they both fell fast asleep. The bunyip was all-knowing and a spiritual fellow, so he watched over the pair. He knew that something big was going to be asked of him. He sat and meditated, trying to get spiritual guidance. The morning was cold and the grass was crisp and glittering with a heavy frost. The two naughty friends were chilled to the bone. The fire had gone out and the gulper started coughing and looked quite unwell. It looks like you've managed to catch a cold. Are you as good at catching fish? He produced a bottle of elderberry tonic and spooned a quantity and handed it to the youngster. Is it safe and will it taste okay? I hate medicine. Of course it's okay. And it will fix your cough up quickly. You two little rascals seem to enjoy jokes, so I have one you may like, and it may make you feel better. Norris, my friend, what can you give away but also keep? We are pretty smart, but I think you've got us on this one. Well, you have to be very smart to work at this one, El. <laughs> I don't know if I'll tell you the answer. Maybe you should think on it for a while. The two looked at each other and a frown appeared on each of their faces. The bunyip was teasing them again and they were starting to get annoyed. During breakfast, the two explained how they had slipped out of the village to follow their dads. The bunyip sat and listened with interest. The creatures held their noses as he farted and burped his way through breakfast. If you think you're out of trouble, think again. What will happen when your mothers get their hands on you? They must be frantic, not knowing where you are. Before we go, I have something to say. So listen well. My rules are very strict. You need to do whatever I say without question. Okay? The two nodded and the journey to find the others began. It was going to be a long day. Unbeknown to the two little rascals, the bunyip had sent a message with a magpie to their mothers. They were still trying to work out the bunyip's joke as they went along, and it was so puzzling that they nearly gave up. Norris coughed and sneezed and drove Thrip crazy. Every now and then the bunyip stopped and inquired if they had worked out the joke. Finally, after a very long time... Norris looked at the bunyip. He looked extremely pleased with himself. I have worked out that joke. You don't know how to work it out because you're not as clever as my dad. It's got nothing to do with your dad. And my dad taught me how to work out things. The answer is simple and it relates to me. What can you give away but also keep? The answer is a cold. And that's just what I have. If you don't watch out, I will give it to you. So there. Better out than in. Eventually, they managed to see in the distance the group. Oh boy, I'm glad we have found them. I'm getting thick of the smell that comes along with the bunyip. Who farts and burps all day? That's what I'd like to know. It's disgusting. Don't let him hear you. He will get mad. Not everybody has been taught manners. Well, my dad is better than your dad at teaching manners. 
Rubbish. My dad is better than your dad at teaching manners, and he isn't as ugly as your dad. You two! Knock it off! We're about to face both your dads. Got a good excuse to tell them yet? Oh no! What will we say? <laughs> I think it would be good if you start with a joke. <laughs> when I was a little girl, I believed... You have just been listening to the mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek audio tales based on the children's book by Australian author Susan Pease. To find out more about these stories or to purchase hard copies, please visit susan-pease.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-P-E-A-S-E.com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on the next magical instalment of the mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek. Listen, enjoy, and learn tips on saving the planet. That is a Slurp It Downs and Gulper Waters fact. This has been a Corky's Group production 2022. All rights reserved. Catch you in the next one. In magic.